Hello and welcome to Radio Oedipus. Today we're jumping into the world of kimchi. Kimchi is a spicy, tangy, fermented cabbage dish originating from Korea. As well as being used in traditional dishes like bibimbap, it's now made its way into everything from burgers to beers. And yes, you heard that last one right. Is kimchi a dish best served cold? Why is everyone crazy for cabbage? Today we're asking Alex from Amsterdam's Onami Kimchi the questions. All that on today's Radio Oedipus. Welcome, Alex. How are you? I'm doing all right. Yeah, thanks for having me. No problem. Uh, so let's start with a definition. What is kimchi? Oh, kimchi. Um, yeah, I always say that that kimchi is um, it's a fermented vegetable that uh, that you'll find in Korea. It's a ter- it's a terrible definition, but it it generally is that because it it could have garlic, it could have maybe it doesn't have garlic, maybe it has chili, maybe it doesn't. Okay. It might be made with cabbage, might be made with radish. So it's basically ca- cabbage is not always necessary. No, no, it's it there's I think there's a several thousand varieties of ca- of kimchi and um not all of them are are cabbage. Wow. So you even have sweet potato or 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 carrot kimchi or you know. Do they have different names if there's different ingredients yeah. used, yeah? Yeah. Like a radish kimchi, a typical radish kimchi would be uh, kakdugi. Yeah. Which is, um, and it's a different, it's not like your daikon radish. It's um, it's a much like a firmer, um, I guess, yeah, it's a firmer radish with more yeah. of a crunch to it. Okay. And uh, and that's really important as well. Like there's there's little uh, little details that are very important for, for Koreans to determine what is a good kimchi and what's, you know. I like that already question one, learn something new. <laughs> Great. Uh, and how long has it existed in Korean culture? Um, so I've, I've had to do some, some homework, some homework <laughs> because, because what I, what I thought versus what, what actually was, you know, was the truth. Um, as we know it, or sort of, as we know, kimchi, you know, with, with the chili, the cabbage, the, I think what the world knows of kimchi, um, that's only been for the last two, 300 years. Okay. Um, Two hundred years. Yeah, true. <laughs> it really, and, and the thing is, it it actually really helps to define, I think, Korean culture as well. Um, but if you think of um, cabbage, has been around for, I yeah, since uh, <laughs> since BC times, right? Um, in in various forms. Yeah. Um, before cabbage. Right. Before <laughs> cabbage, as we know. Yeah, it, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And then um, I think, um, and chili has also been around forever, but only in the New World. Uh, only okay. in the Americans in the Americas, and then it it sort of came over to Europe, and actually by way of Europe, Chile went over to uh, to Korea, and um, and so yeah, for the most part, it's actually like I said, about two hundred years or so, because mm-hmm. also the the Chinese cabbage as well is uh, something that was developed, um, I think, yeah, through sort of the the diaspora of Chinese peoples, mm-hmm. you know, on that continent as well. Mm-hmm. So why is the cabbage kimchi the one that got more popular? Do we know? I think it just uh it's it's the way it ferments, it's the it's the crunch. Um Yeah, I think it just it produces the best I think it produces the best kimchi. Um, okay. Yeah. I think it's uh you know to not to get too deeply into sort of the um I guess the, the vegetable itself, but um you know learning recently that almost all the vegetables that we eat are from the same same plant or the same uh family, species, family. Yeah. yeah or uh, yeah. Species, yeah. Uh, the same family yeah. uh the brassica and 
this is it's just everywhere it's broccoli it's it's um white cabbage um <clears throat> even rapeseed mm-hmm. um for the oils and things it's in absolutely everything and then chinese cabbage bok choy all of these things are all brassica mm-hmm. and um um yeah for some reason this one just uh it ferments really well the the crunch um because actually the way you eat kimchi is not uh it's in various stages as well you could eat it on the day you make it you could eat it after a week you could eat it after six months as well and each time it has a different um a different place in the cuisine oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, we'll come on to more in that in a bit. I have some questions about like uh, its uses, but let's stick to the history for now. But mm-hmm. do you know for what purpose it was first made in Korea and what role it kind of plays in Korean life? Um, I think in general, I, th- I guess just fermenting vegetables and pickling vegetables has always been a way of preserving. Um, yeah. And so that's, I think that's a pretty universal thing. I think mm-hmm. we were doing it over here as well. Um, and the Chinese were also doing it, but they would have been doing it with, um, with a lot more, lot more salt because there's no refrigeration, that sort of thing. Um, and I think as well, the, I think the, the, the chili, when that was sort of introduced to it, it just became a style of, uh, of cooking, I think. Um, and what I've, you know, kind of discovered was that the chili, even the chili that is mainly used in Korean kimchi is, um, it's not a really spicy chili. It's actually a really, it's a really mild one. Um, even one of the lowest on this uh, sort of scoffle scale. Mm-hmm. And um, that allows you to use quite a lot of it so that you can actually really pack it in with a, with the chili that helps with the, the, the fermentation, the, the preservation, things like that. Mm. And yeah. it gets its signature color as well. I guess. Exactly. The color as well. That's really important. Yeah. 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 Uh, interesting. But style of cooking, you mean more than just the fermented foods? The influence of chilies on the style of cooking? Yeah, I think yeah. because actually the chilies, I think that's like the most eaten vegetable in, if you want, okay, it's a fruit, but, uh, you know, it's the most eat, one yeah. of the most eaten things in, in the Korean cuisine. Wow. And um, But there are not that many different chilies that they use. They don't necessarily use really, really hot chilies. No, no. It's only this one mild chili that's in just about... Everything more like uh, pa- uh, bell pepper here. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's yeah. really almost—it's just yeah. a few steps above yeah. bell pepper. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Okay, that'll disappoint a lot of people, I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's uh, no. But yeah, yeah, it's a functional chili. Yeah, it's yeah, a yeah, functional yeah. chili. Yeah, yeah, it's a gateway tri- chili. Let's <laughs> yeah, say, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, what what role does it play to you, kind of in in your life? I know I also did my homework, and I know that hmm. your recipe is based on a family recipe. Yeah. Is it? I tried to, I, in my notes, I have a bit of an analogy. Is it comparable to like a, a cup of tea to me as a Brit or is it mayo to a Dutch person? What what role does it play in kind of Korean life? So, um, I mean, I can, so I can't speak for Koreans. Yeah. Because I, I grew up in, uh, well, I can speak to an extent that I've done research on yeah. Korean culture and Korean eating, um, but I grew up in America. Yeah. So um, up until sort of my mid-20s mm. and... But growing up in America, we would, uh, my mom's Korean. So, um, so what would it kind of mean to her? Let's say, well, she couldn't, she couldn't live without it. Yeah. It's basically, it was on the dinner table almost every night. Didn't matter what we were eating. It could have been, it could have been Thanksgiving dinner and it's somewhere on the table. And of course, growing, growing up in America, we would actually, uh, when we were younger, we would actually sort of reject it. My brother and I, um, you know, we just thinking, oh, why, why do we have to have kimchi again. on the table again? <laughs> you know, we're, we're having like hot dogs and, you know, 
and hamburgers. Definitely don't pull it out on a birthday or something like this. This is, you know, kill us. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but that's, yeah, that that's something you don't really appreciate until you get older or you start a kimchi company and you want to put kimchi with absolutely everything. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, funny how this cycle comes around. And the recipe that you knew, use now, is this based on uh, a similar one to what your mum was using? Um, no, because actually <clears throat> the... Um, the recipe that that I'm using now, it's um, the main the main kimchi that I'm making that I sell in most of the uh, the stores is without fish and without shrimp. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was this was mainly due to convenience. Mm-hmm. Um, it became a bit it, came, it became more difficult to to have two separate products. And if I'm making everything on my own, then um, you know keeping everything apart, having to get different certification for the ones with fish in it versus the one mm. without, and then. Also answering the questions from from uh, from restaurants as well. Mm. Um, is this vegan? Is it? Yeah, it does have yeah. fish. Do we have uh, allergy concerns with the with the shrimp? And eventually, it just became more convenient just to say, okay, it's it's going to have yeah, no fish, no no shrimp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do miss it because when I taste when I when I eat kimchi with fish in it, it's it's really it's it is actually another another level. That's why I have to mm. actually make the fish kimchi again for sure. And and we are going to get into trying it very shortly. Yeah. But it, what is it that the fish sauce you think gives it? Is it that real umami flavor? That's what I've heard people say yeah, that it lacks in the vegetarian kimchi. Yeah, it's uh, it really has a like a different funk to mm. it, and it's um, and that's also can be too much for people as well. Mm. So that was also a little strategic um, move as well because uh, that's the one thing you'll notice that um. You know, if you have a jar of this kimchi, if you're on the on the on the tram or on the train or something, there is a chance that you're going to smell it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And if you if you have fish sauce in it, it's going to be even just that much worse and uh, <laughs> bigger reach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, like, uh, I quite like the funky smell. Yeah, I mean, it's it is. <clears throat> you get used to it, but it's there's nothing nothing worse than somebody smelling it before you do. <laughs> and then it, and then you look and you see people giving you the look and you're like, oh, geez, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's not what you think. It's just, <laughs> trust me, it's kimchi. Uh, I, I, could, yeah. I guess it's happened a lot. Um, yeah, before we go any further, a moment for the for the beverage we've got on the table. Yep. It's not a beer today. It's a, a poire, uh, a pear cider from Normandy. What can you tell us about this one then, Sander? So I've had this before uh, opening. It's been a while opening the <clears throat> bottle just now. Quite fizzy. Lively. I think yeah, you might be able to hear it. Um, <laughs> I can certainly Yeah, hear you it. can hear the bottle opening. And some... Oh, shit. That first nose... I sometimes also have that with really high carbonated wines or anything. That when you smell the first sniff, mm-hmm. it really stings in yeah. your nose. You know, yeah. the, the CO2. Uh, it's just a lot of CO2. Um, yeah, it's... Um, Indeed, Poiré from uh, Normandy, uh, the, if I'm correct, from the Pays Doge uh, area, where a lot of uh, Calvados cider and um, pear cider is made, or Poiré. Um, mm, yeah, sweet. France, of course. Uh, and what I understood, and I'm not a big expert on, on, on cider and the differences between British, French, or mm. uh, Basque even, uh, that uh, the, uh, often the French ones are a bit richer. Uh, certain apple varieties bringing more body or 
maybe not necessarily sweetness, but uh, but 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 uh, more body. Uh, yeah, this being a pear cider, I think of course pears can also have a bit deeper flavor than mm. than apples. Uh, again, of course, depending on the variety. Um, I think this one is uh, spontaneously or naturally fermented, no added yeast, uh, unpasteurized, and super clear. Look at yeah. That. Like there is a bit of yeast in the bottle. I don't think it's filtered or uh, processed or like like pasteurized. So pretty uh, low intervention uh, uh, drink. Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you it's guys only, think? It's only four percent alcohol. I was expecting more, but it's it's very drinkable. It's really yeah. really mild. Does sweet. have some sweetness. Quite, yeah. I think it's quite sweet. And we were talking just before the show about uh, ciders a little bit. And me being British, a few more. Uh, I had a few more cider drinks growing <coughs> up, and they were always dry ciders. So we wouldn't, you wouldn't really get a, a, a sweet cider like this over the bar in England. But I, I still like it. I don't think it really suits this time of year. Uh, <laughs> kind of a cold. It's snowing here. Well, it has been snowing here in Amsterdam. Um, but I think on the terrace in uh, in July with some uh, yeah really nice and cold, this could be yeah. perfectly paired with that for sure. Yeah, I yeah. would actually I would even put it over. I don't know if this is like sacrilege with uh, with cider, but I always put it on ice. Sometimes, even especially if it is too sweet, then it uh, gives it a little bit more of this water. Uh, yeah. yeah, I also like that, but I also have the same thing. I'm not sure if I'm offending the cider maker yeah. or something, <laughs> but I quite like it. All right, well, maybe there's a bit more funk on the table with the kimchi. Should we uh, try a bit of that, yeah. Alex? All right. Um, nice one. Well, it depends on where you want to start. I've got I've got two new products. Okay. Maybe, I mean, we can actually, maybe we just do the, the original first. Let's do the classic the and, then, uh, and then we can, yeah. What does kimchi taste like? What would you say are like the signature flavors that you would look for in your kimchi, Alex? You're going to hear the crunching all through the... Um, yeah, that's yeah. great. That's right. good. We like sound, sound effects. effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think when uh, the intention of, of this kimchi was always to... Um, knowing that there wasn't the fish in there, I needed to make sure I, it was full flavored, uh, that you get everything out of the uh, the spices that are used. Um, and for the most part, it's pretty pretty similar to what you'd find... On, on a Korean table. Um, I've added a little bit of horseradish mm. um, just for a little bit more earthiness. Yeah. Um, and there's a little bit more, a little bit higher on the ginger as well. Um, and, you know, I think with kimchi recipes, you really just have to, uh, once you find something you like, you have to just go with that. And that's, and that kind of defines your, your kimchi. And then you know, wish, hope for the best when a when a Korean uh, tries it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> really, it's it can be it's it can be hit or miss with with <laughs> Koreans. Actually, um, they'll say that it really tastes authentic, but sometimes they'll say, "Ah, oh, it's too sour," and then I have to go through. Actually, first I usually tell them it's a little bit sour. Um, it's, ah, okay. Because that's the first that's the first thing I always get from it the the spice and the sour mm. notes, um, and that's also because we sort of we sell it at the kind of not the tail end of the fermentation, but the sort of um, after the initial fermenting is 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 done. Mm -hmm. So where where all of the the effervescence and the the bubbles are happening, all the carbon dioxide releasing, um, and that's that's mainly out of convenience for 
um, for logistics, things like that. You don't want to get um, unpredictable jars and things like that. That could just they could start leaking. They, lots of things can happen. It's a little bit better now in this in this season because um, transport is going to be sort of um, yeah more or less cold everywhere you go. But um, as soon as you hit spring, summer, the jars just start going crazy. I, I start seeing. <laughs> Yeah, this is when you start getting emails from people. Mm. Ah, I ruined my shirt. I did this. I'm like, yeah, I'll send you another jar. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's stored, uh, refrigerated in in supermarkets, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But the first when I first delivered to Marked, um, they didn't know what to do with it, and uh, I even I walked in, I saw it outside of the fridge. I'm like, what? No, what's this? No, we have to put this all. You know, have to take it back and have to. It was a bit of a bit of a nightmare, but uh, uh, because yeah, they didn't really know. What kimchi was? I mean, no. it, it did say, of course, store cold, but uh, yeah, uh, <coughs> they didn't read. Probably shouldn't tell that story. Interesting. Um, it's delicious, by the way. It's Thanks. very, very. What I like about it is it's got this crazy <coughs> texture of it's crunchy and juicy, almost like fizzes on my uh, tongue a little bit. Mm -hmm. That's the fermentation, I guess. And then I wouldn't underestimate the chili. It's definitely there, That's there uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. a little bit yeah, later for on. Sure. Yeah. yeah. I was surprised so I can, by the heat. Yeah. What I can so what I can tell from this uh, that this jar that we opened um, that it's still in this kind of first first phase and as well the chili didn't have a long time to kind of um, drop off in in spice mm -hmm. and um, and as well it's you know that that fizz you get that's usually the thing that tells you things are bad not to touch it yeah yeah, yeah that's yeah. what yeah. you're it's that that first uh, yeah. so that's why a lot of a lot of people when they first when they have it for the very first time they think it's well, they obviously think it's it's off, or they also think it's more spicy than it is because it's prickling the tongue. Mm. And then, you know, so it's aside from the the chili hitting you, it's it's that. And then, of course, ginger also has a little bit of that mm. pungency as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's super bizarre, but it's uh, it's delicious, absolutely great. Are there are there health benefits to eating lots of kimchi? My girlfriend's convinced that uh, it gives me more gas. Well, but, uh, it doesn't give. You I say a, it's good. I say it's helping improve my gut. <laughs> yeah, well, it doesn't. It doesn't give you much as much gas as if you ate the same amount of raw cabbage. Okay, because half the fermentation is already done. Okay, and then so it shouldn't. Or you can you can test it. You can eat a head of cabbage, see how much you. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not sure this is a good one to try at home. <laughs> yeah, then he tested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> test at home. Okay, yeah, nice. Um, but yeah, as you know they've they've been just, um studying the the effects of of gut microbiome um also even you know the the use of pre prebiotics of you know the vegetables and uh probiotics getting the the actual um bacteria into your gut mm -hmm. um i try I, I don't know i i eat kimchi almost every day mm -hmm. um and is that because you want to or because of the nature of your work it's it becomes a bit of a a bit of a i don't i wouldn't say an addiction but it's <laughs> it's now i understand where like how koreans are like you just you can't eat the same after you this you know it's be warned it's this can happen to oh, you oh really okay yeah it's um you know if i have a sandwich or something it's it's hard for me to eat it without just putting a little bit of kimchi on it or you know just yeah it's like hot sauce or something you just have to Get Put it, it on everything. But yeah, as as far as the they even actually there was even a um 
some research done recently about uh, about Corona and why the Koreans were having so so little Corona, and they said it was because of kimchi. And no way. I mean, I can't like I yeah I I can't claim any of that stuff, obviously. Um, and it's it it's kind of iffy to to claim any health benefits of of a food product. Um, yeah, that's. My my goal is to make a really delicious product. If it has really good health benefits in the end, as a bonus, great. As a bonus, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, great. Well, if it's a cure for Corona, you can leave a few jars when you leave. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. cool. <laughs> Just, you know, but the thing is, you have to spread it all over your uh, uh, right. yeah. inside your mask. You know? uh, compromise, yeah. you know. Yeah. Curfew at the moment, not going anywhere. Um, yeah, talking about your cabbage. And I, I think you kind of already answered this at the top of the show, but mm-hmm. it always does it always have to be a, a Chinese cabbage or can you do anything from that cabbage family? Um, yeah, you can actually, it can be with other, I think a lot of um, Dutch and German companies are actually using white cabbage with like like their sort of version of, of kimchi. Mm-hmm. Um, I think... I prefer the I, I prefer the the Chinese cabbage or the Napa cabbage, um, just because of the, you know the crunch and everything and the it's just, long leaves, is it? Yeah, yeah. And you have this variation of the sort of the, the sort of frilly uh, leaves at the end, mm-hmm. the green or the you know these the thin leaves, and then the the sort of crunchy uh, crunchy base to mm-hmm. it. So you have a nice variation in the uh, the texture. Mm-hmm. And and how you you kind of answered it? Maybe I got lost in the technical mumbo jumbo. But how long mm. are you typically letting it ferment once you've mixed the cabbage together with everything? I think well <laughs> before it gets to the uh, before it gets to the shelf, it's going to be at least at least a week and a half fermenting. Okay, and then then it's you know it's stable enough that I can I'm comfortable with sending it out, and um, so it, it's still actually a um, a living product when you, when it goes out to the shelf. And it can still vary somewhat, but I like to get it to a to a stage where it's as predictable as possible. And then, okay, I know it's going to have good cold chain distribution, and it's always going to be the same. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preferred age of your kimchi? Depends on what I'm eating. Yeah, yeah. You no, know, you can't. Yeah, you can't answer. ask somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, uh, Sometimes, yeah, some meals or as a, a company to a sandwich, it's you prefer a different age, yeah, and maybe I, I, younger, fresher, more distinct, spicy flavors. Well, and, I thought about this um, also <coughs> with this, like what would be the best way to to sell to sell it, and who's going to be the the main people that are going to consume it? And I, I actually thought that there's a good because of the the, the sourness actually. Um, complements european food quite well um because it's still it sticks there you know it's like it's like a like a pickle or something mm-hmm. um and if it's less sour then it's it could get lost in a dish so i want it to really like stand out mm-hmm. but not overpower as well mm-hmm. um so that's where i ended up kind of finding exactly where i want it to want it to be um especially for yeah for the things that we're eating every day yeah um so I would say the yeah, right um, amount of sourness, but then that that's also then age determined, right? But that and that also uh, plays its role in the 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 intensity of the spiciness, yeah. And yeah. so everything has to be just right. Yeah, and it depends <laughs> on what I did in the first in the first <laughs> stages as well, because somebody else could actually make it, and then after one month, it's it's got a really sort of mellow. Um, less less sour taste to it yeah and um and that's sometimes i get 
even envious of that. I'm like, man, that's actually really good. Yeah. Uh, and why, why am I not making my kimchi like that? I'm like, no, 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 mine's good. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And do you have an opinion on how kimchi should be when it's done? You know, we, we, we just tried some and mm-hmm. it's quite thick, nice chunks in there. Yeah. And, and I personally like that. But <laughs> is there a particular way it should be? Should it be big and juicy like that? Or maybe thinner and a bit drier, a bit more like sauerkraut? No, I would say the perf- I think the best way to to have it is when you actually um, ferment the entire cabbage or at least like cut them in half and have long large pieces of cabbage and then when it's when you're serving it then you cut the pieces because okay. then you still have all the juice inside you have um, and it also goes through a nice slow fermentation all the way through the plant mm-hmm. rather than you know cut already like this mm-hmm. um, and then that's another style of kimchi as well. But that's for me. That would be really ideal. Then you, because you're you're taking it out of the out of the pot, whole whole cabbage. You're cutting it at the table, and then you're having it immediately. I don't know if everybody will be able to taste the the sort of nuance in that. But it's, mm. or maybe it's just the romance of this of doing it that way. It could be. But um, that's how I, that's how I really how really like it. Served. Yeah. So kimchi has quite the pungent smell, right? Yeah. How do you deal with that? When do you have to take any precautions when making it on a, a big scale? Well, now actually, I've um, so I've been for the last um, let's see f- since two thousand late two thousand fifteen. I've been doing it um, doing it on my own. I've I've got uh, a couple. I've always had a couple guys helping, um, and that was often a problem in the small kitchen space. It was a shared kitchen space, so. Basically, I got shifted around various refrigerators because, um, you know, if you had a baker making banana bread, it only took <laughs> yeah, one complaint. Don't want to cross with I'm that. gone. <laughs> they sent me, but in the end, it got me a lot more space because I could only go to the to the one space where there was, you know, there was not going to be any like cross smell contamination things, and I got a, I got some nice space from it, so it was, it was good. Um, but yeah, that can that can be a problem. But uh, but recently, I just um, I started producing. Um, with Kesbaker. Okay. And so actually I produce every all all the kimchi that uh that you see now. It's all produced and stored um at Kesbake because um well he wants to he actually wants to he's he's a huge fan of kimchi and he just mm. wanted to start getting into it. And the sour smells have been flying around there for years. Yeah. I mean so. down the street, like you you walk by it and it's you, you get uh vinegar. I think people if you spend long enough in the factory, you smell like vinegar when you when you leave. So it's <laughs> In a way, the kimchi gets lost in the vinegar, so it's it's actually yeah, good. Yeah. Okay, yeah. nice, cool. Um, should we try something else off, yeah, off, sure. your, off your menu? Yeah. Um, and I've got a few more questions after. We can do them both at the same time because they're, they're most more or less the same thing. Um, I've got – so both of these are pasteurized products, kind of come into a like a new uh, new phase of, of discovery. Um so one is a, a kimchi sauce. It's a it's a mild sauce. So it's basically we've taken the the leftover products from the fermentation, from the the, the making of it, and then we've made it into a sauce. But um, I didn't want to have the same issues of the of the fresh kimchi in the you know the having to be cold chain um, distributed everywhere, and um, I wanted it to be more accessible as well. Mm-hmm. So we tried to find a way to. To have a product that you could actually you could pasteurize, but it still has a bit of this freshness of the kimchi. It's not going to be the same, exactly the same sort of, I guess, freshness and qualities of the fresh kimchi, but it's consistent and it stays the same 
for a long time, for up to okay. a year or so. Nice. Um, so one of them is, uh, what I can, yeah, I don't have anything really that we can, you maybe just have to stick your finger in and, you know, and try it that way. Then also. Uh, this is like a ketchup, I guess, consistency-wise. Yeah. I'm not going to say it's like ketchup, but. Yeah, not as sweet. Um, this is, uh, I guess, way more catering towards the uh, kimchi toasty market, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And nice. And um, I think yeah. when we had uh, Abel of uh, Funkgild on the show, he also spoke about gochujang, but that, that's something yeah. different, right? Than yeah, this. That's, so this one is called, uh, this one is called jang. Um, oh, this is delicious. And is, 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 does jang just mean sauce? It means sauce. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So... Um, so, for example, the the chili flakes that you you have in the kimchi, it's um, it's gochugaru, which is yeah. chili chili powder or chili flakes, so. mm. and um, the the gochujang is basically pepper sauce, yeah, or pepper, yeah, a pepper sauce. But then the base of that would be um, would be denjang, which is um, like a soybean soybean paste, fermented soybean paste, right. like like a miso, and then mm. it's. Um, um, that that provides the the sort of the base and the richness of the sauce. And this, I just I wanted to call it call it jang because um, yeah, it's it's just it's a sauce. Yeah, it's your it. your sort of base <laughs> sauce, and then you can do a lot of different things with it. And um, yeah, and I didn't want it to be too spicy either. I didn't want it to be really like a hot sauce. No, it's not. Yeah, it's quite zesty. I get quite a nice citrus uh, layer through it. Yeah, yeah, it's really good. Yeah, and it's. Um, the other one that we have is um, actually you can go right in the. Uh, I don't know if you want to. This is a new project with uh, that I'm doing with Kes Baker, Kes Baker, and it's basically it's a pasteurized kimchi. But we found a way to, you know, I've basically I, I've tried a lot of different um, pasteurized kimchi's on the shelf, and if I didn't have to try them. I would not, yeah, I wouldn't buy them. I wouldn't mm -hmm. touch them. Okay. Um, they all kind what of What is it for? Oh, okay, yeah, go ahead. What's that? Yeah, I was uh, going to ask what is it then that uh, put you off in, in those? Yeah, it just, I mean, it, it's just over, it's overcooked. It's it's just like blasted in the heat. And, yeah. Um, so is it the crunch that you're missing then? or Some crunch is missing. It just basically tastes like cooked kimchi i mean you could throw it into a mm. into a soup or something but a lot of that salty uh a lot of that salty kind of fizziness is gone yeah yeah you're not going to get any fizziness because that's all going to be out of the product it is it's it's kind of a hybrid between um traditional kimchi and kesbeg products so it's definitely you know mm. you've got this a I little bit that, this, uh, nose, yeah you know? yeah, yeah. That's, that's, aroma yeah and that was the kind of goal it was <laughs> like you know to i needed to to add a bit of that in there, and it's a, it's a really it's a different product. I mean, it's gonna it's it's kimchi, but it's it's also not. Yeah, no. it's way more. Uh, not that kimchi needs to be accessible. I think the popularities prove that, but it's way more because uh, it doesn't have this chili bite. It's way more yeah. accessible, let's say. Wow, interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's um, like with with this, for example, you can you can eat it with uh, tortilla chips or something, and it's yeah. It's strange. I'm still discovering new ways to new ways to eat it, and yeah. it's it's really a different uh, a different product. But I'm just surprised at how 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 good it is. I didn't I didn't think that um, not to sort of 
toot my own horn, but like I was really surprised at it, that it actually worked, that you can actually pasteurize kimchi and have a product that that really works and will actually go with a lot of stuff. And and that's kind of the idea with the, the kimchi sauce as well, that it's sort of, um, it's still, it's accessible, but it's also something brand new for people to to try if they haven't if they haven't tried it or mm. if they haven't had kimchi before. I have still one question, a bit related to this, but also what what Danny spoke or mm. asked uh, before uh, the 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 pungent smell. We spoke a bit about funk, and, and yep. basically when we talk about funk, it's about a bit smelly or what certain people could consider off. Yeah, uh, you Not also we love it. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. Yeah. To a certain extent, I think yeah. everybody loves it. You know, yeah. everybody that weird has smell it. that you're like, oh, I'm kind of into that. <laughs> is it my socks? Or I was, is it, is I was it actually, <laughs> I was posting a a package one time at uh, at the at Postonel, and um, I dropped it off. And as it was, I was like, oh no, it already, I can already smell it through the box. <laughs> and then the lady's like, mm, what is it? What it smells, <laughs> smells? That smells nice. Oh, like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're, you're you're one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you also uh, you you said okay, I place my bet. You know, I know where I want my mm-hmm. kimchi to be. But still, you also spoke about the the variety and ingredients. And and but do sometimes batches go off or <coughs> become too funky or or just go off? Um, do you throw out batches a lot, or can imagine in the last uh, in these last years, I haven't had to throw much out. Um, only things. It's weird because it's almost like um, you know. Sometimes you make so many, like so many little experiments and things, you you kind of forget about stuff because it goes to the back of the fridge. And what's funny is the ones that I've I haven't touched, or I've kind of I haven't showed the the love. Mm. They're the ones I'm like, oh, I forgot all about. Oh no, yeah, you're yeah. done. Okay, right. sorry. Okay. You know, it's, um, but it's, it's almost, it's, I don't know. It's almost like that intention of like, you're checking things and you, you know, what's going on or, you know, to, to make sure that the, the liquid is covering enough that it's, you know, it's not going to let, um, too much oxygen come in and, and spoil your batch. Um, so being aware of your, your products always, it kind of prevents from yeah. having these problems. Yeah. Um, so yeah, in the last years, there, there have good been, craftsmen. Hey, yeah. You have yeah. to, you're at least you have to be watching and you have to know what's, uh, what's happening with your, yeah. your product. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, but yeah, the ones that go bad, it's really, um, it's, it feels almost like a, like a murder scene. You're really, it's, uh-huh. it's, Really dr- dramatic because mm. it's what with the, the stuff color that's helps, growing. of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the stuff that's just growing on it, you think, oh man, yeah. that's uh, yeah. I've had plenty of those happen. Yeah. Nice. I have I have a few more questions. Maybe going back to the origins of kimchi, uh, let's say. So, how it, we it was more to follow on what you were saying earlier about how you eat kimchi and how you have it with everything. And yeah. I've even seen some Korean films where they're like eating it straight out of jars, you know. Mm. And, like really really weird for me but well, what's korean you guys, food you guys were eating yeah yeah yeah. Now, now, <laughs> yeah so now, now, I, now i'm completely contradicting myself yeah. but what's korean food like in general i, I, I know korean barbecues and the, mm-hmm. the bimbap up which i really struggle to pronounce which bibimbap. are rice yeah bibimbap. which is delicious yeah. but what what is what else is there to it and where does kimchi kind of fit into that is it all kind of chili and sour or what what's the yeah, food yeah i think like? well i would even say much less sour um, but chili is in quite a lot of, in a lot of things. So you have it in the, the, the gochujang, mm-hmm. um, but you can also even have a, a table or a sort of a dish with chilies that'll be dipped in some, some spicy sauce or, um, but it's, 
the main thing is having having your rice, having your sort of small side dishes that will be like like tapas. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, so your 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 main event will be the would be like the, the Korean barbecue, and then um, which wouldn't be had every single day. Mm-hmm. It could be like a piece of fish or um, a stew, maybe made of old kimchi. And you have your rice, and then you have your your other kimchi's and your other sort of um, side dishes that could be freshly prepared the day the day before, or it could be from a couple days before that gets turned into another thing, a side side dish that becomes sort of yeah. But kimchi always plays a role in those in those uh, in some way. Yeah, meals. it's always it it has to be there. It's like um, it it is that staple that that sort of keeps the the. It doesn't matter what else you're actually eating as long as there's kimchi there to. Crazy. Accompany it, yeah. Yeah, I, I think earlier I tried to make some associations between uh, uh, Santa's Dutch heritage and my English mm-hmm. heritage. There's, they don't think there is even that. Not even ketchup mm-hmm. or mayo uh, do the same. Uh, well, it's super interesting. Yeah, I guess sauces would. Yeah. I mean, if you have a sandwich or something, you have Bread, to have maybe. Well, it it could be equivalent to a sauce or mm-hmm. even butter or having some kind of. Um, yeah, mayo. Yeah, mm. a bit like that. Yeah. What was? It, why did you end up making a kimchi company then? How did you set up Onami Kimchi? Well, I was um, before I was doing this. I was um, working as a chef at restaurant Plek. Oh yeah. And um, yeah, for for a few years, and then I just, I mean, as much as I love the rush of of cooking and and just and Plek was getting um, busier and busier, and it was just. It became rather than the see the, seeing the the rush of it and seeing the the you know you start seeing well how how much further can I can I go with this how much more how much longer am I going to uh, be doing this before I just you know collapse and uh, and there was a point I was really happy with what I was doing it was actually there was a time when um, when my my father came to to Amsterdam to visit and then. I wanted to show on the restaurant, like, ah, look at this restaurant, was, you know, it's all the energy here, and I could see a little bit that he wasn't quite impressed because I was, Damn. yeah, it yeah, was yeah. really, it was really a moment. I was like, oh shit, yeah, I, I thought he would be really impressed with, uh, but yeah, because it wasn't my restaurant, it wasn't yeah. my, you know, my thing, my operation. I was just kind of a cog in the wheel, and then knowing that there wasn't much further I could go. Then I started kind of just drifting a little bit. And then at one point I just started to, to get into kimchi, started to make it on my own and um, started talking a lot more to my mom about it. And I could, I could see she just, she, she really lit up because I found an interest that, uh, yeah. that could kind of bring me back to, back to my roots a bit, back to um, appreciating where she came from. And then, um, so after making a few batches, then I also presented some to, to the chef and um, I, I, I think I put one, I put like a bit of kimchi on an oyster and I mm. said, uh, you know, here, try this. Maybe we can. To your mom? No, to, to the chef oh, of, right. of Plex. So yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. A, a Dutch restaurant. And I thought, oh man, he's going to kill me. Yes. Yeah. You know, like, what is this? But he tasted it and he was like, it, his reaction was just like, I couldn't believe it. He was like, should we put it on the menu? I'm like, yes, of course we should put it on the, let's do it. And then, so it was at, at that point when I... I, you know, after about a week of it being on the menu, I just started thinking like, um, I wonder, we're in Europe right now, we're in Northern Europe, how many places have have kimchi on the menu? Okay, maybe a few, but um, how many would have an oyster with kimchi on top? And I started thinking like in the Netherlands, in Germany, maybe in France. 
Spain. I don't know. In my head, I couldn't imagine anywhere that was actually doing this. Mm. And all of a sudden, this was like, I think this is something special. Mm. I mean, they do this in other places, in, in Korea, for sure. Um, but it was at that time, I was like, yes, this is what I want to do. I mm. really want to, yeah, I want to see this on menus everywhere. Mm. And um, it it's not always on, on oysters. Now I don't see this everywhere, like a big revolution of kimchi and oysters. But yeah, You see it in weirder places, to be honest, don't exactly, you? Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, I mean, my question is something, how does, it, how does you feel now seeing it being used in these nuanced ways? But maybe I should rephrase it and say, how, do you, how does your mother feel about seeing it used in these nuanced ways, like on a burger or on a cheese toasty? Is this sacrilege or is this kind of, it's happy that it's more accessible now to everyone? Yeah, she, she's come around to it. <clears throat> yeah. Um, because... I mean, I was first introduced to this back in, like, I think even in the 80s, early 90s, 80s. My dad would, uh, because my dad wouldn't always want to eat Korean food because he's, my dad's American. And so he'd come home from work and, and like, um, make it like a hot dog or something, throw kimchi on it. And my mom would just, she'd be shocked. Like, what are you doing? You can't eat kimchi <laughs> on a hot dog. What? And he's like, what? Why can't I? It's good. It's delicious. Yeah. And, um. So he he actually claims to have invented the kimchi hot dog back in the eighties, and uh, wow, he's I think he will, yeah, he will never give that up. Yeah. And I actually I, I believe him. I think he was probably the first one to to do this. I'm yeah. sure there's some others, but uh, um, but she's actually come around to the idea that you know, yeah, it's you you can actually do a lot with with kimchi. It's not something that's just you know relegated to the the Korean mm. Korean cuisine. Mm. Yeah. And when you first started doing it, it's okay, like uh, uh, you and the chef liking it because you guys are, are into flavor, you know. Mm -hmm. But what was everyone's first reaction in, in, in Plek, the first customers you had? Well, what I would do, so we didn't actually put it directly on. It would be sitting next to your sort of your, your shallots and, um, and vinaigrette and then a lemon and then a little little bucket of uh, kimchi. And then, um, so I'd always check, like if the oysters went out, I'd have to check that the, the the plate it was to eaten. see if it yeah, yeah if it was yeah. gone or not before I'm like hey, let me check it let me check it before it goes to the dishes and then um it was still sort of i think it was like half and half you know some people just wouldn't even touch it and it could have also been maybe back then i wasn't able to make a really good good batch because actually that's when i was i had more bad batches of kimchi uh when i was making it in the restaurant than than i'd ever had and i think it's because <laughs> there's just too many hands in the kitchen there's too many yeah. things going on. There's too much sort of maybe somebody forgets to to cover up the the box or something, and then and because I was in charge of it, I had to be the one saying no, it's no good. I have to throw it away. It's mm. you know so, um, and that was also one of the the moments where I decided I have to make it myself. I can't I can't trust anybody else. You know, mm. <laughs> and then you get a little bit obsessed. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah. I like what I like the story, but uh, it's also. Uh, Tricky, huh? You say, okay, there is something special here. You recognize that, mm -hmm. but then I think, yeah, we had Simon on the show who, who called his kimchi burger his Achilles heel. But, yeah, uh, yeah. Right. but also he, he, he spoke about um, doing he was the first, by the way. He was the first, I think, in, in, in Amsterdam to do the kimchi burger. Yeah, I could, think could very well be. It's uh, his, uh, his signature now, which yeah. Yeah. he's uh, 
Yeah, but, mixed but also, motions about, I think. Also, you spoke right. about uh, the first idea for food truck being tacos or Mexican mm-hmm. food and, uh, yeah, move to doing burgers because that would land way easier. And he had this addition that right. then became his Achilles heel. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah, it is uh, It is if, if focusing only on spicy, bit funky, fermented vegetables. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems also like uh, quite a risk huh? mm-hmm. to... Uh, yeah, especially to, here. To, to make that mm-hmm. land, you know, yeah. like Korean foods. Uh, yeah, it's not where everybody is familiar with. Although we spoke about the barbecue, I think, yeah, the times that Yokio was still in the city right. center. Right. Uh, yeah, it's, um, uh, people still uh, talk it, about Yokio. Yeah, like yeah. why? Why it never reopened? Or and I keep telling people, if you open a Korean restaurant in the center with barbecue with the hoods and everything <laughs> like you will kill it yeah mm. uh, mm. so People good it. and it's also yeah. so accessible yeah and exactly. also this it's not super yeah you know if you're used to a bit of fermented foods mm-hmm. but still it, it can be something yeah you you know 50 uh, of the people having it in front of them with an oyster yeah mm. chose not to touch it yeah. and keep in mind that was even six i think yeah, six okay. years ago yeah. as well and um but even yeah, actually, six years ago, the the food scene was was different. I mean, I sure. I came here um, even longer. Uh, I would say, yeah, a little bit more than ten years ago, and I remember seeing posters for like a broja bal, like that was one of my inspirations to 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 help trying to you know reshape the food scene in some little way because I thought, oh, what is a broja bal? <laughs> it's like ah, oh, this is what people like. There's got to be more to it. And yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, actually, um, broja bao with kimchi is delicious. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure. It's, uh, <laughs> um, I have a go- another question, like, because obviously during the recent times, kimchi has found its way in everyone, into a lot of people's kind of COVID kitchen, as I'm calling it, yeah. um, as well as sourdough and maybe things like kombucha. Why do you think kimchi is the one that people choose to make? There could be other things that they make. I think... I don't want to say it's the easiest, but there's a lot of sort of uh, there's a lot of factors in place that keep it safe. For example, like uh, sauerkraut, um, it tends because you you've got salt, cabbage, and water, and there's a lot of possibilities for things to go wrong in in this. Um, and with the kimchi, you've got a lot of sort of um, yeah, what is uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a sort of safety. Um, in numbers of ingredients, yeah. Or so. <laughs> with, so you have like, for for example, the the, the chili being yeah. sort of um, antimicrobial, antifungal, mm. antioxidant, and then the garlic has a lot of the a lot of the um, the good bugs. Yeah, the good bugs, mm. and then you know if you do enough salt in there, everything is kind of protecting your your process. Mm. And right, you know, you do get, of course, you get people who whose kimchi explodes, it's all over the kitchen, whatever. But I think people love that as well. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, you have a batch of kombucha that goes to the, to your ceiling. Yeah. People love it as well. It's, yeah. you know, and it tastes uh, pretty good as well. I think that's yeah. why people like making yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's the, probably the most basic thing that it's yeah, actually, yeah. uh, people love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But it's, people don't tend to repeat their experiments, you know, over again, because it is actually some work to, to do the whole process. And then, you know, by the time they think, oh, I need to make kimchi again, it's already, you know, it's it, they're not going to be able to have it for another few weeks. So they say, I'll oh, screw it. I'll just go to Marked. Mm. I'll go wherever and buy it from from Alex. And then, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what one final thing for, for kimchi yeah. to be suddenly over uh, five, ten years now be in most people's fridge is is pretty evolutionary, and it's really good to see appreciation of these slow foods. And we talk about it a lot on uh, the show. Obviously, we're big fans of fermentation. Maybe to you both, what do we think could be the the next kimchi in mm. terms of uh, what everyone makes or the next food to revolutionize the menu? Good question. You have a thought on that? Well, I have to think of the um, a couple of shows ago with Marika that... Uh, the koji. Yeah, doing yeah. kojis, yeah. you know. It's a bit more intricate. It's not as straightforward, uh, I guess, or yeah. more time-consuming. But uh, maybe at the same time, once you get started and you once you have your setup, you can you can yeah. go. And you mm. can go but, in many, many, many directions. And do you mean like home, home brewing or home... Um, I think there's a room or, for both because I think koji is a good one. I've seen it used in a lot of uh, restaurants' menus now, people yeah. using misos and, and things. Yeah. Things like that. Yeah. So that koji is a good I'm, choice. Because I'm also thinking commercially, like what will people accept or what is something that like mainstream would actually accept? Yeah. I find sometimes um, the the koji and the sort of the, the misos are, are quite, they can, they can have a funk that is really hit or miss. Mm. I find the kimchi is just, it can be, I mean, it's, it's just really accessible once mm. you get past the idea that it's something different, mm. it's quite accessible in its uh, flavors. Um, so I think commercially, yeah, that's actually a really, really tough one. But yeah, that I like the idea of, because I also have, I have from, I think a year and a half ago, um, some miso that, uh, that we made in a, in like sort of a group, in a group session and it's, but I don't dig at, it. I don't like eat tons of it. Yeah. That's yeah. the, that's the thing. Yeah, so well, that, to... that's why kimchi is pretty special, I guess, because it have has evolutionized everyone's menu a little bit. Yeah, but the search continues. I'm not yeah. going to leave my job yet to set up another <laughs> uh, fermented food company just yet. I w- maybe wait, maybe. <laughs> oh, I got a new idea. Um, vinegar. Okay, could be vinegar. Okay, all right. The reason I say that is actually I'm doing that at the moment. No way, because <laughs> I'm, I'm also doing that at the moment. That's why. <laughs> oh my god, trendsetters. <laughs> yeah, no, that's but that's actually. The the reason is if if you think about all of the the, the bars, breweries, things that are, that have um, a lot of surplus beer. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What's the next thing you do with it? Yeah, yeah and of course. Yeah, the, 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 the common what was yeah, it? Common the, denominator. Common, yeah, common denominator. No, 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 no. The economy. The, the economy. Oh, the, the, <laughs> there's word. this English way of mm-hmm. serving beer, where the beer from the drip tray. Drip oh, yeah. tray is blended yeah. in back with the serving line. Nice, nice. <laughs> but you get, if you if you that's not allowed anymore, I think. That's that's what it, Ron said. Yeah. We spoke to a, a yeah. beer historian called Ron Pattinson, who's based here in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. and he yeah he he's, he was uh, flying the flag for this. Uh, and it's not allowed to. It's not allowed to be served like that anymore. Uh, okay. I, I can guess said, it goes against a lot of health and safety. Right. Yeah, but it could go into a trap and then exactly. Put yeah. a mother in it, and yeah. uh, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I had a, a beer tasting the other day with some friends, and uh, some quite some leftovers, and mm-hmm. just chucked it all in, yeah. uh, in a jar. And uh, I had some other vinegar with mm-hmm. some live stuff floating, so a bit of that. And uh, yeah. here we go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's it's vinegar. You can't really no. It's it's vinegar. Yeah. Mm, the uh, worse the worse it is, the better it is. Or like yeah. the more you, can, you know. And then yeah. you just end if it's too too strong, you add some water. And then that's water costs nothing. Yeah, you know? yeah. 
Still so, not yeah. convinced, guys. Okay. I'm not going to start e- eating <laughs> it like I've eaten all your kimchi. But just to finish off, thank you very much, Alex. Yeah. It's been a pleasure chatting to you today. Sure. I enjoyed it. Nice. Also on today's show, we're going to check in with Abel from Funkhilda, a chef who developed a kimchi croquette which combines fermented Korean delicacies with traditional Dutch snack bar culture. I was curious to ask Abel a few questions about a kimchi beer he recently homebrewed together with one of the Oedipus brewers, Janneke, at the Bad House Friend Shop. Hey Abel, thanks for joining us. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, no worries. I thought I, I can't have a conversation about kimchi without you, so that's why I've <laughs> given you a call. <laughs> <laughs> I can see why, yeah. 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 So before we start talking about kimchi beer, tell me about your kind of relationship with kimchi. When did you first have it and why do you like it so much? So it was probably um, around uh, 2000. 14, 15, somewhere, when um, when I was at the lunch table at Oedipus, um, Rick and Sander came back from a uh, festival in America where they uh, they uh, had kimchi and um, and they brought it back to the lunch table. And uh, Rick was uh, always uh, enthusiastic about uh, kimchi and I uh, and the combination of putting it on a toasty. Uh, making uh, different kind of combinations. Um, and that was actually also the first time when I had uh, kimchi. And then suddenly I saw it in, in supermarkets. In, uh, I, I went for it uh, to different stores to, to buy it. And uh, then basically I got trapped in, uh, in the kimchi hole, uh, to say so. <laughs> <laughs> but what did, you first, what did you first think of it? I, 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 I remember the first... Uh, the first taste uh, was um, I didn't know I, uh, for sure I, I liked it. I was also mm. a quite uh, intense old kimchi, um, quite complex com- compared to uh, young kimchi. And uh, I remember I remember I, I, I tasted it and I was like, ah, yeah, it's sour. And and do I like it? Uh, but uh, what I see with a lot of people is that the first few bites uh, you need to get adjust to the, the sourness and the spiciness and, and all the, the flavors and uh, think, things that happen in your mouth. And uh, after that, I was just hooked after yeah. a, few, a few times. So, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, it. Once you've had it once or twice, you're, you're just hooked. Yeah. So why, when did the idea of a kimchi beer, uh, wh- where did that come from? Why do you think that would be a good idea? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, um, it was a combination of me and Alex just uh, talking about it in the kitchen. Like we were talking about all the possibilities with kimchi and different uh, dishes that you can combine it with. But also I was just uh working in the kitchen in at kitchen republic and uh, he was there uh, as well and that day that we were talking about it we we're like yeah why don't we just do a kimchi beer together um or use the kimchi juice as a uh, uh lactic uh, culture starter for for the kimchi beer um and this is not the first uh, kimchi uh, test that we made. We made a uh, uh, vinegar kimchi and uh, some some other um, kimchi um, uh, tryouts. 
but this was top of the list, but I have a homebrew kit at home, but um, it's in the basement. So uh, the, it's quite cold at the moment. And I, I don't like to brew um, uh, <laughs> when it's cold I w or when, when I don't feel like it. So Sander came up with uh, these brewing sessions and I thought like, this is the perfect moment to, <laughs> <laughs> to, to try it and, and see if, if, if it actually works with this uh, electric culture. Yeah. And kind of flavor wise, what were you hoping to kind of achieve combining uh, kimchi with beer? Why did you think, yeah, what were you kind of hoping for? So of course there's this, uh, um, gochugaru, uh, chili flakes. That's, uh, the, the, the little bit of the spiciness. So I, I thought of the spiciness maybe of, of a, a Tai Tai, a, a little bit, uh, in the end, but not really burning. Um, and what I hope for with the lactic culture is that there's sort of a creaminess, uh, in, in it, but, it, um, fresh and, 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 and sort of thick, like creaminess uh, that this um, uh, culture gives to the kimchi. So I hope that it would give to the, also to the beer. So um, in combination with this sour freshness, a little bit of this creaminess um, and some extra uh, weed uh, and um, uh, different um, malts uh, that we use for it. I thought like this would be a nice combination to, to see if it works yeah nice uh, and 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 did it work what, have you had a chance to taste it i only tasted it just before it went in the fermenter uh and 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 actually like the taste uh so when we added the 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 culture uh into the boil kettle um it turned orange uh, orangey wow. kimchi is so it was already like okay this is the the right color so that's uh, that's on track yeah then i then we tasted it after so we also let it uh, sour overnight um and uh, uh and then boil it boil it boil it again and it was quite uh nice actually the like normally with sauerkraut and with kimchi and uh these kind of uh, fermentation um directions you have sort of a farty uh, <laughs> smell oh, yeah. funky funky farty smell uh, in the when you just open up the 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 jar or or the the bucket or whatever you've mented it uh, in and this was also with this um, boil kettle that was uh, fermenting overnight with this electric culture. It was a massive farty smell coming Ooh. out. I was like, ah, oh, shit, this is maybe a little bit too much of this base uh, electric culture that we got from uh, Onami Kimchi. Um, but uh, in the end, after boiling it, and uh, we added a little bit of the extra chili flakes and uh, ginger, the, um, the, the farty smell of course was gone and um yeah it's all it's always hard to predict how it will turn out after fermentation so uh i still need to uh try but i uh i have high hopes yeah i can only say i have high hopes so uh without having tried the beer obviously with it being ready i want to ask you though do you think kimchi beer will become popular on a larger scale do you think this is something you could see on supermarkets uh, shelves anytime in the near future? I 
Yeah, maybe high hopes. Uh, I, 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 I also high hopes. I, I think it could be a uh, could be a winner. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a catchy uh, kind of uh, beer. So, uh, and uh, if the taste is right, and um, I think the 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 work behind it and the the like the the style could be a, a really fun uh, style to um, uh, to to let get bigger. I, I think it could be a winner. Yeah. All right, nice one. Well, thanks for chatting to me, man. Yeah, of course. No worries. Thanks for listening to this week's Radio Oedipus. This is brought to you by Oedipus Brewing, and I'm your host, Danny Walker. Today, you heard the voices of Sander Nadevain, the head brewer of Oedipus Brewing, Alex from Onami Kimchi, and also Abel from Funkhilda. If you're in Amsterdam, grab some of Onami Kimchi's fermented cabbage at your local market, or you can also head to his website, which is www.onami.kim. And keep up to date with Funkhilda by heading to their website, which is www.funkhilda.com. I'll attach links to both those addresses in the show notes so you can find them. Remember, you can find all episodes of the show on our website too, which is oedipus.com forward slash radio, and by searching Radio Oedipus on your podcast app. If you use Spotify or Apple Podcasts, make sure you like and subscribe to keep up to date. The music on today's show is written by Ola I Music, and tune in next time for more explorations into the culture of beer. Beer.